Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Great, so welcome to another installment of the Tech Diversity podcast. Today I'm joined by an amazing panel to discuss the challenges of a woman in tech. It's a topic that's so relevant at the moment and there's already a huge number of groups and communities across Europe that host meetups and conferences and talks on women in tech and me and the panel are here today to explore this topic even further. Now, before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. And for this, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what you're passionate about. So, Nicole, I'm going to come straight to you first. Great. Hi, my name is Nicole Astman. I am the PM at the Nent Group. I've been working with the streaming services for about six, seven years now. But my real passion, I think, is mentoring young women and other women to be feeling like they are part of this women in tech industry, no matter what it is they do. I feel like it's super important that me as a as a leader can mentor them. Nice. No, that's lovely. Such a good passion to have as well. And Fanny, we'll come to you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Fanny Anderson. I work today as a technical lead and software engineer at Polestar, who is a automotive uh, Swedish brand. Uh, I think all of you maybe have heard of it and maybe seen some, maybe Polestar 2 in the roads. Um, what am I passionate about? Oh, so many things. But uh, as Nicole said, I'm also really passionate about, you know, mentoring Young, younger females and non-binary people to help them come in into the tech. I think it's really important that uh, they that we as a bigger group help them. Um, so that's something that I really are passionate about. Nice, thank you for that, Fanny. And Emma. Well, hello everyone. Hello everyone who is listening, watching this. Uh, my introduction. So my name is Emma Pavlovich, and I am a transgender woman working in Celia. I am a software engineer and system architect uh, for one of the divisions. Uh, what I'm passionate about, I think about implementing my own ideas, like making a project, uh, implementing it, and pushing it into real life, into production. So this is what I like to do. And I have a cat. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got a common theme of, of animals and having a cat as well. <laughs> but no, that's perfect. Thanks, Emma. And Carolina, last but not least. Thank you. Um, I'm Carolina Bonamin, and I'm the head of customer identity and access management as well in Telia. Um, I'm um, my passion right now is just my son. I have a three-year-old son, so <laughs> he is the one who's taking my passion at the moment in my free time. But then as well, definitely, I think that I, I, I like to 
bring and contribute uh, with the people that I work with, just uh, bring um, energy and feel belonging and, you know, engagement. And that's something that I usually transpass me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very energetic and just like, yes, we can do it. That's my, <laughs> my, so there's a lot of things that I do besides my job. For example, right now we are, uh, putting together a developers day for Telia, you know, and it's a cross and I'm the one who's organizing that. And then, you know, I'm putting together as well, you gave me the idea and I've just put the idea, hey, what if uh, we do a podcast in Telia about women in technology? Because, well, this is something as well that it should be a little bit more focused and, well, bringing community together, I think that that's something that that's bearing me. Oh no, I love that. I think it's so important. This is the reason we I wanted to kind of pioneer the, the diversity podcast we do at Evolution here. Um, because it's it's definitely something to talk about, isn't it? It's a, a topic that everybody enjoys hearing, enjoys listening to, um, and it affects everybody. So no, that sounds really good. Okay, perfect. So thank you all for that. Um, I think it's nice to have established a bit of a context to everyone. So I think let's just delve right in and, and start because we've got a number of different questions and, and subtopics to cover. Now for this, what we'll do is I'll work around the room asking each of you to kind of pose your question or your subtopic and the reasons behind it. And then we'll obviously all have a, an opportunity to um, give your own take on the situation and, and any opinions and thoughts on, on each individual question. So, Nicole, we'll start with yours, um, which was how important is it for organisations to make space for women in leadership roles? Um, great question. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so this goes back to me starting my tech journey. I started working in tech over 25 years ago. And before it was common to see a woman in the office, it was like the only women I ever saw were the receptionists or the women work in the economy. And I've struggled with that for a long time, thinking how do I see myself becoming a leader if all of the leaders today, are they're not representing me. I don't see myself there. So the idea of becoming a leader, yeah, I wanted to be one someday. I felt like I could be one, but I didn't know how to get there. And I just wanted someone to give me that opportunity, I think. So that's my question. Um, maybe after all of this time, there's been some improvements, but I definitely think there's a long way to go still. So that's why I'm curious to hear what the rest of you think. Yeah, definitely. We are still ways to go when it comes to leadership and women, right, in technology especially, because this is so much a men's feel, right? Uh, I'm an engineer an electronic engineer and i was the only woman in the room for six years basically and i know how how difficult it is to to make yourself you know that you understand what you're talking it's not that you don't understand and you know i can i come from another culture because i'm from argentina so it's it's a very very different environment and comparing to sweden that's where i am today but um, 
but definitely we are still ways to go because we are still very lonely in in not only in the companies but as well in the management um there is no not a lot of leaders women that's you know that don't come up as a, well oh no she's a bossy or she's a bitch you know and that's a that's usually you know the the image that then you have then, then you have but if you are too smiley then you are too stupid you know and but it it is it's it's kind of like the 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 thing that i'm receiving as a leader today you know it says okay well you're too smiley so then i cannot speak technical with you okay thank you <laughs> but that's a that's a, the feeling that I have, but definitely it's difficult. You know, the question will be how can we change that, right? How can we change that that vision that we have as a woman in technology working in leadership that we don't give that transpass that that image that we can change that image and and that for me it's a work in progress. I think I don't know if you girls have another idea. Help me. I have some things to say. This is going to be uh, some quite sensitive topic about uh, gender. Uh, so obviously, okay, I started working in tech about uh, 10 years ago. Ten, yes, I can say 10 years ago. And um, okay, so I'm transgender woman, so uh, I wasn't always uh, uh, perceived like a woman, right? And uh, I definitely felt difference in uh, how recruiters are contacting me and um, uh, in general relation. Because, for example, um, my experience uh, in software engineering allows to uh, take part in very difficult projects, but um, uh, it took time. Like this, uh, my changes in my appearance and uh, everything related to gender took some time. But uh, uh, after I already started presenting myself as I am now, uh, regardless to my experience, I started. Uh, yeah, I, I've been contacted by many HRs for different projects, uh, uh, like the same many as before, but uh, offers were totally different. Like if before they were contacting me for uh, like team lead position or uh, uh, senior positions, I noticed much more like uh, really much more offers for tester, front-end engineer, but uh, uh, much less uh, positions, uh, like my, less my, oh my god. My Hardware, <laughs> technical positions or yes. leadership positions. Yes, leadership positions and senior positions. Uh, I don't feel it uh, much now, but uh, it definitely happened and it took uh, some years to uh, overcome or change. I don't know, let's change it or perception of uh, myself or people or culture in general or uh, experience like my records in my CV. I don't know what's changing, but 
which happens. That, that really pains me to hear, but I also think that we have so much to learn from each other. It's, it really pains me to hear that you've experienced this in a totally different way than maybe I have. And I'm so glad that you said that. So glad. I have so much to learn as well from your perspective. Thank you for saying that. Oh, thank you. It's not like a bad thing. It's just uh, what I have noticed. And the problem is solved. But the point is that uh, I'm sure this is a gender bias. So people didn't know that, maybe except for my voice, but people didn't know about uh, like my trans status, whatever. It is purely a gender bias because uh, if there is a group of engineers, like engineering company, uh, they want to hire male engineers for uh, senior positions, for developed positions, and they're going to look for uh, women for front-end positions or tester or business analyst positions. And uh, I'm sure you could see that in any company where you could be working at is that uh, there are really more women on positions of front-end developers, testers, just, just because. I want to add in something here. Um, thank you, Emma, for just sharing all this stuff with us. Um, so first of all, I started at Polestar about, I think it's two years now. So I started in like a talent program um, and I was the only female in the program. There were like five yeah. male developers and I was, yeah, I was really angry about that because uh, I worked before on another company where it was like pretty much, much the same. You have like one female in the team and then like others are male or yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when I started, I talked to my boss about this issue. So like, why, why do we still have this gap between females and males in the developers positions still? Um, how, how do we do in Polestar? How, how can we change? Uh, so uh, he he told me that hmm this is a really good question funny uh, I don't have an answer on how we could you know fix this so I started to talk with HR at Polestar how do we recruit people and how do we do so they said that funny you have so much inputs on this one because I was so I was most of all pretty angry and most of all pretty sad that we still Come on, it's uh, 2021 now, and we still have this issue. So, and uh, also talk about, I don't talk only about female, I talk about you know, we need to put in like non-binary perspective as well, because we are a bunch of people that we need to come in with. So I had lots of meetings and it ended up that I put on this uh, new talent program uh, that Sigma uh, had and I helped them to recruit more people, uh, even though that was not my role, but I, I'm glad that I got this opportunity. So it ended up with uh, eight new developers, seven of them was female, so I'm really proud of that. And 
with all of that said, I think we need to change the image of what's a typical developer or like what's the typical people in the tech biz because that's how maybe we can maybe help people to get into the to come into the question that Nicole said, uh, how we make more space for women in leadership roles that we need to make an impact and change that. Uh, and I think that's why we all come in in this room together and try to change that. Uh, it will take time, but I think we need to change that perspective uh, right away and make actions on that. I agree. I love that you did that. I want to say that having spoken to HR, I think that that is exactly the first place to start. I've read where when it comes to the, see, the, the ads that we place, um, the majority of women, or this is just the study based between men and female, the, the majority of women don't apply for an ad if they don't fill every single one of the checkboxes. Whereas a man who maybe is not battling um, the feelings of, I don't live up to all of these, they probably will be more likely to apply for the ad. And I thought that that was an interesting perspective. So it's all about like who is writing the ads? What is the language you are choosing? Because that tells the, the person that you're trying to get to apply what your values are as a company. That's your first opportunity to introduce your values as a company to the people that might be applying to you. And if you state right then and there that you have to live up to all of these expectations and if you have someone that lives with constant anxiety of not performing, you're already excluding an entire group of people. So you're already telling people from that position what your values are as a company. You can't just have it on a placard and say that we want diversity, inclusivity, and 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 gender inclusivity in our company. You have to you have to walk the walk as well. It's not enough to just say that you want inclusion in a company, and to do that you have to voice that through your ads to bring in the right people that you're trying to bring in. So you're right there. HR is the perfect place to start. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Nicole. Um, also, like you said, uh, we need to work more on inclusion and diversity. And it comes in the whole culture at a workplace, you know. Um, I think lots of companies say it's like, yes, we work on that blah, 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 you know, but where is the actions on it? And I think that's something that more companies need to strive for uh, and to show that they really put an effort on like doing that as well. Yeah, I think there's some great um, bits of knowledge there. And do you know what, from a recruitment point of view, obviously, freelance recruitment is what I do day in day out um, and it's so common that you see a job ad and I already know that okay if somebody fits 60-70% but it's the most important 60-70% they're in with a good chance um, so yeah it's so interesting that you would say that Nicole of a woman not feeling like they would hit everyone maybe wouldn't apply that's so so interesting 
Um, and it actually kind of um, goes nicely into Carolina's question, which was how do we attract women to, women to technology? And then when we've got the women in, how do we keep them? So yeah, tell us more about that, Carolina. Well, that, that was actually based on my own experience, <laughs> definitely. You know, it's just like I, I uh, my mom was telling me that engineering was too difficult for me, uh, so that I shouldn't study engineering. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it comes from very, um, this is basically, yeah, there's a misconception, not only in men, there is a misconception as well in women, and it goes, it's just a cultural thing that it will take time to change. Right, it's just. Um, but then, my 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 myself was well. I'm going to reveal against all that that you're trying to put on me, and I will do exactly the opposite of what you're saying to me. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, I study, and I you know, and I got my degree, and I move away, and you know, I feel that I'm a I'm a person that is foreseen, you know, and they're looking for a career path. You know, it's just not that I want. To, to, you know, have kids and be a mom. That it's okay. There's a little woman that that's their 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 aspirations and it's okay. But it's difficult to bring up your aspirations in your career path as a woman as well. In especially in, in when it comes in technology, that is no okay. Well, you are working in, uh, I don't know, psychologist or or you are like a lawyer or you are like a HR. You you know. I think Sophie, in your in your scope, you're, there's a lot of women in HR working in HR. Yeah, yes, it's humanistics. It's kind of like the people context, but then it's just well, IT is a little bit more lonely, and and that's where women needs to. Okay, I remember that I always felt that I was like a guy, you know, in a woman's body, you know, because I was. I have to adapt the way that I talk. I have to adapt my humor to be able to accept things. You know, I have to let go discrimination against women just because, okay, well, and, and just like repeat some things as well to be able to be accepted in the. So, yeah, it's a it's a difficult path, but how do we bring more women to the technology is just like maybe being more open about that this is fun as well, right? It's not <laughs> it's not it's not that it's not fun. It's quite fun. I, I really like to do what I do. I really like um to be able to bring up my creativity, you know, and bring in innovation in the things that I bring. You know, there's a lot of things that people when they you know, especially they think, okay, you're an engineer, so then you are a square, you know. There's a lot of math, so then you you cannot think about you know you don't have any imagination. And for me, it's the opposite, exactly the opposite, because you need to bring new ideas to bring solutions, new solutions to problems. So it's just that it has a very bad label. There is a great misconception in uh, our society that well, it starts from. Maybe it has roots in uh, like deep past when uh, people started saying that uh, woman has different brain structure 
that uh, uh, this is hormonal levels which makes impact on their decisions and because of high testosterone in men they are more um, mathematically thinking and women because of estrogen they are more like uh, warm and uh, social yeah thinking about myself I'm totally breaking this concept because okay now I have estrogen level like is okay right but I'm still a junior so I didn't became more stupid <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that uh, it is a long story social like a big social misconcept which uh, must be destroyed everywhere we are living in a global world so it must be destroyed not only in Europe or some local everywhere. It must be uh, women in Afghanistan must uh, be getting education and uh, uh, be free. Uh, women in Russia must uh, choose their profession not because of their gender but because that's they really want to do. My thing. I think it's a very interesting question because I remember going to university and I won't say what year it was because it was a very long time ago, but I remember I was one of four girls that actually applied to the program that I was in, four, and there was a couple of hundred <laughs> students at the time. And I remember um, when we graduated, there was less. I think there was maybe three of us and I remember asking one of the girls like what do you what are your plans after this like what do you want to do after this and she told me she wanted to you know you know maybe settle down and and everything and I, and there's nothing wrong with that at all I, I don't want to say that there's negative about that but I was surprised that she didn't feel like this was just the beginning of a long journey of tech and I thought to myself, you know what? I don't want it to end here. I'm. I want to do great things with tech. So, and I come from Texas. So, <laughs> this is a big jump going to Sweden. And I found my. I found my new role in life here in Sweden, where I felt like it was a lot more open than what I was used to. But yet, still, I quickly learned that there was a lot a lot of growing that needed to be done here. So I think to answer the question is where do you start? And I think had I had maybe professionals visited my school at the time and said, you know what, we're here, there, we exist. We want to inspire you. You want, we want to, you know, help you feel like there is more out there. There is a whole world of us. And nowadays we have the women in tech forums and, you know, it's it's a great platform to have. But I think that, you know, as organizations now can get involved with schools and and team up with students, you know, where they 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 look at it from a, a diversity platform. How do we get people to feel like you don't have to fit a certain mold to feel like you can actually do this job? because you have the skill set and that's what we want to build on we want to build on your skill set and we think that you can do a great job here and give them projects that they can work on together this is i think something that i felt i lacked 
Like I missed out on all of that, but I think now we have a really great opportunity. And then to follow up on the question of how do we keep the people, that is also so important because I feel like, you know, more the more teams that I have worked with, uh, there's always at least one or two people that feel more comfortable speaking up in meetings. And then the rest of the group or the rest of the team tends to stay quiet. If, if I am the leader in that room and I, I don't take that opportunity to ask, okay, what do you think so-and-so? Give them an opportunity to voice their opinions because nine times out of 10, they have a great idea, but they're keeping it to themselves because they're afraid of maybe saying something stupid. That's not the case. You have to give everyone the opportunity to say something and help them blossom. So that's part of what I really enjoy nowadays is helping someone break off of that fear of saying something stupid. There's no such thing as dumb ideas. There's no such thing as um, hierarchies in my team. You're, you're all, it, irregardless if you're a senior developer or a junior developer, everyone's opinions are equally valued. And you have to like make that part of the DNA of your team. And then you have to make sure that everyone is super aware of the things that they say, because the words they use actually make a difference in people's self-esteem or feeling included. So it's, it's not just the bigger things that we should do, but it's the granular everyday things that we do. Check in on people. How are you doing? What do you have to say? What is your idea? So I think that, yeah, there's a lot that can be done, maybe on an organizational level, but we also can make an impact on an individual level, on an everyday level. Just being aware and, and keeping an eye on the, maybe the more quieter people in the team. Yeah. Yeah, just to add in um, what I was thinking about um, when I, started working um, I had a really good mentor that helped me a lot and I think having a good mentor that just pushing you and say that but funny you you are really good at it uh, like because I had lots of imposter syndrome during my time when I was starting working and I think imposter syndrome is a really yeah it's a really good uh, topic as well to talk about because I think all all of us maybe had it once or twice or maybe the whole whole life. I don't know. So what I started when I started working as a technical lead, I had my four developers. So I started to think of what's in, what what was the thing what I felt was missing the, during the time when I was first uh, uh, developed as a developer, you know. Uh, so I started to work on having a safe place for people. Uh, um, yeah, safe place. Um, so had lots of check-ins, uh, talk how, how are they feeling, uh, also had one-to-ones one -one with them uh, because I think it's really important uh, when you work as a lead, you need to help them and say how good they are because I think lots of us uh, don't understand, understand it. Uh, it. It took really a long time for me to understand that I was supposed to work with the thing I'm working today. Um, and I'm really glad that I took that opportunity and I'm really glad that my mentor said to me that funny 
you know, you should really work to be a technical lead because you you have all these qualities. But I was like, no, come on, no, not me, you know. I should only be a developer uh, because I really like only nerding into tech. And But I still do, so I will always do. So I think we need to make sure that people have role models like what I can see here, like I'm really impressed of what I'm hearing from like Nicole, like Carolina and Emma. I'm wow. I get so uh, stoked to hear everything about you people. So I think more of this, we need to show more like uh, like us. So I think that will maybe make more people to stay and also to talk about dif difficulties like imposter syndrome, what I talked about, you know, we need to put that up. It's okay to feel that sometimes. It's okay. Uh, and we're not like in the square. We are more than that. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. Yeah, I think you've got a really good point there, um, especially on keeping keeping women in, in tech. Having someone who's a role model and who can push you, I think is a massive... If every team had someone who can help a woman and really push them and act as a role model, um, that is definitely going to help. I'm actually hosting a podcast on the importance of a support network because it's something I hear a lot kind of running these diversity podcasts is having someone to support you or to be able to speak to and be able to open up. And I think the reason it's important is because you realise that you're not the only person feeling these things. Like everybody there was like, yeah, I felt that as well. Um, so being able to have that kind of release is, is definitely um definitely something that I think everybody should strive for but no perfect that was a really good one um, and then Fanny will come on to your question of kind of how can managers work on getting an all-inclusive culture um, tell us more about your the reasoning behind that and what you think on an all-inclusive all-inclusive culture yes um, there are so many topics I want to talk about but I think this one is something that the um, stays a little bit close to my heart because I think lots of uh, managers are not taking the effort to work with uh, like an inclusive culture in the company. We often hear like, yes, we work with that and so on, but I feel like there's a lack of a model, uh, an inclusive language, because I think having an inclusion, inclusive language would help a lot of people not assume that people would like to hear she or him and so on because I think uh, lots when I'm in meetings they talk about uh, he or she and I think uh, they is a good uh, good uh, language to use or like a word better and I think I've been when I've been in some meetings I've been feeling like there's so much lack of education uh, that people think that uh, because I have uh, boobs and a pussy, I'm a she or, you know, um, sorry for the language, but I would say it. Uh, uh, and I I see me as a she, but I rather have a better language like they use they, because I think uh, 
the better they have a, like a inclusive language, it would be like a better culture in the company. So I've been feeling like there's so much lack of education. Uh, and also I started a pride community uh, at Polestar with some people. And I think uh, that had helped a lot uh, to talk about stuff that, yeah, and maybe more like educate people because I think uh, more people should be more educated. Uh, and that's why I put these que questions and the topics, because I think it's really important for every company to more talk openly about it, because it feels like yeah, people talk about diversity, people talk about inclusion, but do they even know what that even mean? Or yeah, that's that's why. Yeah. And this is, I completely agree Bunny, with you because this is something that it's so funny because at least in Italia, I have been in several situations where, you know, there's a lot of assumption about, you know, who you are and what are your preferences. So then it's just like, I, I have a, a colleague that, that he is gay and, you know, and instead of, you know, being, you know, or being open, you know, ask your partner, start to talk about neutral, right? Now, oh, do you have a wife? It's just like, no, it's not about marriage. It's not about gender. If you have a partner, you don't need you to, to ask those kind of things. And he obviously laughed. No, no, no. Uh, I have a partner. I have a boyfriend, you know, but it's kind of like put him in the spot that it's not need, right? And 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 this is as well with everything. Like, okay, well, you know, uh, Emma, I think that you remember because that's when you were part. We had like a gender inclusive uh, session in Telia some months ago, and one of the things that I proposed because this for me is a close to my heart because I have a nephew that is trans, you know, and he lives in Argentina, unfortunately, so he doesn't have a very easy situation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, for me, you know, I propose one of the things that is very easy to do is just like, okay, well, just put what is your preferred pronoun in Teams? How would you like to, and I changed mine, but it's not something that it went uh, white, you know, <laughs> super spread, but it's kind of like, that's that's a good starting point, you know, start with you, okay, I, I because of my nephew, I start to learn that yeah, there is something that uh, there is not only a he or she, there's a they, there's a whole new spectrum that I don't need to assume. So I always try to speak on partner and not on neutral, right? Because and and quit the assumptions. But yeah, it's a it's a it's in that I think that even companies like Telia that it's a very old company and have it, it's more difficult to change like I feel that sometimes you're dealing with dinosaurs so it's like you know vampires come like so yeah it's uh it's difficult to change that part of the culture but well slowly but surely we will change it I think it's just uh have to push I can go. Um, I want to turn that a little bit because I think that you both have said so many great things. So 
I 100% agree with everything you say. From a product perspective, I'm also challenging, you know, what are the products that we're delivering? Are they inclusive? Are we also putting out assumptions to our users? Because I work with this on a daily basis. I question a lot of times, you know, how do I create an inclusive product and not assume anything about my users? I don't want to lose users because we've built a product that's maybe catering to a certain type of person and I'm losing users. I mean, I'm working with streaming and streaming is gender fluid. It shouldn't be about gender. And I don't want people to feel like they uh, are getting, let's say, preferences, uh, recommendations. Everything is about putting people into little boxes that we understand, right? So how do we break out of that, what we think we understand, and make it more about people that are similar watching what you're watching and, and keep it to that level and try to be a bit more respectful of the user themselves and not trying to put them into that profile. You know what I mean? And that and that's something that I think as you know, products, I've worked with products for years, we've always kind of lean toward segmenting and, and and trying to put people into boxes you know even from sales or marketing perspectives you you want to you know try to put people in these things where you think you can understand them but there's a whole group of people that you're missing and that's a lost segment all of those other people they have they don't fall into those smaller segments so i feel like from a product perspective, I challenge companies to start thinking outside of that and, and and stop assuming that everyone that is using your product falls into these segments that you want to define them. Let the user define their preferences. Let the user define what they would like to see as recommendations. Give the user more control over what they get to see and how they want to use your product because I think then you're going to create a more uh, a, a stronger relationship with those users and that's what you're trying to build correct you're building a product that you want people to feel like uh, I want to keep using this so that's my challenge to all the companies anyone listening to this podcast uh, ask yourselves how how inclusive is my product that I'm building right now and then step away from that yeah it's just a very good notice. I don't know what, what I can say now. You basically said, uh, answered my question, which I had in my mind, but I totally agree, yes. But um, thinking about that, i afraid that uh, right now industry probably will not invest money into this, or will not would not like to lose uh, their good work and marketing targeting. So that's the question. Uh, question of money versus changes. Yeah, that's definitely a big one, isn't it? Um, I think even having these conversations, like you said, Fanny, before, having these conversations 
even if it makes a slight change and you're definitely making a change by having them um hopefully got we're going in the right direction with the change rather than the the money factor um but it's interesting what you say nicole about um making products all inclusive so i i can't remember who it was that told me this story um but it was someone who said at google um there was a team of like male developers who were all developing like the google glasses um and they'd absolutely done so much good work on this and like put all their all into it and then a woman joined the team i'm not sure of the circumstance and then when she put the glasses on they just fell straight off her head because her head was so much smaller than the men's head who they'd based this whole product on and then she comes in and tries the glasses on and all of the hard work all of the effort they'd put in obviously wasn't wasted but needed to be changed because they hadn't thought about it from a woman's perspective um or a woman's head shape it's it's something that seems so obvious but they they'd completely missed it and that's the reason for inclusivity is to build a better product build a better team get different opinions um so yeah i think we've shared some really good insights there on on kind of how to get an all-inclusive culture now i know we're, we're kind of coming to the end of this hour so one thing i wanted to pick up on kind of from some other topics was and it's it's what we've mentioned before the kind of self-doubt and the the psychological glass ceiling now personally fanny you said oh can i be a tech lead is this right for me um and i think I don't want to say men don't feel this as well because I'm sure they do. Um, but I think because there's all women in this in this room, um, what are our ideas on how women can overcome these thoughts of gender self-doubt and and kind of know their own worth? Has anyone got any any ideas, any inspiration or stories of how they've dealt with it in the past? Well, it's just a question of, uh, I think it's not really gender related thing because men are experiencing the same feelings, I think the same intense as women. Uh, another question maybe is uh, how men accepts, uh, for example, team a team of men, how do they accept newcomers to the team? Like female teams are usually more accepted and inclusive but males, they're seeing a new person, they're sniffing around if they like the smell, then uh, they accept if they don't, then uh, that person may become an outsider. So it's a bit different. Uh, but I think about self-doubts and imposter syndrome and glass ceiling, just uh, nowadays it's probably the same for everyone. I have a thought around this. I think when it comes to myself, it took me a very long time for me to appreciate my value. And Fanny, you you spoke it so well, uh, and it made me remember, you know, how many times when it came to like talks about my salary, or even like when I was taking on a job, and there's like, okay, we're going to pay you this much, and I would just say, okay. <laughs> I would never negotiate. I would just take it because I assumed that, well, that's what they're offering. So I'll just take that. It didn't occur to me until well into my 30s um, that, you know what, 
I think I deserve more. I'm working my ass off. I have great skills. I have a lot to offer. And I think I'm going to just go for it. And I went for it and I asked for a crazy amount of money. And then they were like, okay. And I was like, wait a minute, was it that easy? (laughs) God, what have I been missing out on? So I think that, you know, I God, how many times have I experienced like self-doubt? And I definitely think that it's not a gender thing. I think that, however, women tend to, as since there's so few women in tech, it's a lot safe to assume that we're also afraid of challenging a system that exists. And I, that was my fear anyway. And I, I don't speak for every woman. I speak for myself. I was afraid of of risking not getting the job if I ask for too much money. Oh, but we have five other guys here that want this job and they're willing to take that amount. So that was always in my head. So I would say, okay, well, I'll take that. Sure, I'll take that. But I had to start believing in the fact that I actually have a lot to offer. (laughs) And I I just, I needed to get my own self-confidence up. up. And uh, you have to believe in yourself. And I think that Part of mentoring others is to help them get their self-confidence up. We have have to instill that confidence in everyone, anyone, regardless of gender. You have to make sure that people feel like they're doing a great job. Make it part of your everyday, like appreciation. If you think it, say it. I appreciate you. You're doing a fantastic job because that, that goes so far. And how many times I wish somebody would have said that to me. I might have asked for a higher salary long ago, but yeah, I don't think money is everything, but it, it does help me feel better about the fact that I I have now decided that I'm, I am a valued person and I, I can do a really good job. And I feel like my company values me too because they're paying me what I've asked for, not what they're willing to give me. I'm not compromising. And I, and I want other girls in, in, any person, when I say girls, that is wrong. You're you're absolutely right. Any person that feels like they're undervalued should challenge that system and say, you know what? I feel like I deserve more. I'm doing a really good job. I hear it every day, and I want the money that I feel like I'm valued. And if you can't give me that, there's it is suddenly a market out there that actually can pay me with what I deserve. So I'm going to go someplace else and be dare to say no and stand up for yourself because there is another job out there that will value you, thankfully. Yes, yeah. but that's definitely something that I think that, yeah, I, I agree it's the value is for all, but at the end there is a gender gap between women and men when it comes to pay. And and for me, it was very clear when I when I have offered the job, I I request uh, some money and then they give me more. And then I, you know, that was stupid of me because then they hire someone else. And I'm sure that, fuck, you know, I ask too little, (laughs) you know, and that's that's that you know, that you don't even give yourself the proper value that you should give, you should have. It's just that, well, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have a job, right? Or I'm lucky enough that I have that I have the possibility to take this role 
you know, and then you work for three people for a lot of time and, you know, and, and, and you don't have the same amount of, they don't offer you the same salary than others. And it's just like, yep, it's a, it's a, it's a thing uh, trying to negotiate, but then for example, even if you negotiate, then there's still a little bit ways to go when it comes to, because for example, in my last salary negotiation, yes, I tried to be tough, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not that tough. And then at the end, it's just like, okay, well, yes, I accepted the, you know, this, and then, but then, you know, uh, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair. So then it's just, well, it's a, it's a subject. <laughs> yeah, and. What I think is that I think it's fine to have imposter syndrome. We just should talk about it a little bit more and self-doubt. Uh, and one thing that I think have helped me a lot was my mentor. Uh, having like a mentor that's supporting you, uh, having someone to talk about these kind of stuff. And, um, and also what you said, Nicole, that put yourself first uh, and you're, I think that's really important as well, that you are much better than you think you are. Uh, looking to the mirror and say it to yourself, maybe could help or not. <laughs> but I think, think better about yourself is something that I strive for uh, every day because uh, I, f I really think that I want to be a role model for my uh, future babies when they will come, hopefully, <laughs> uh, because I think it's important that we uh, show that we don't give a fuck uh, and we should uh, uh, make change the image uh, of uh, the tech biz. Uh, and I think uh, it takes time, but uh, we're on our good way. And yes, yes, look at everyone here in the room. I'm so impressed of what you all are doing. Um, so really thank you for sharing all these really good thoughts and what you're working on. So yeah, I just want to say thank you uh, because I'm really impressed. The same goes to you, Fanny. You're amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no. definitely. I think you've got some amazing, honestly, this has been such a good conversation. Um, I mean, we'll leave it there. We're, we're approaching the hour mark. Uh, but I want to take this time to massively thank all four of you for all three, yeah, four of you for joining me on this. Um, you've definitely given some real good pieces of insight, knowledge, advice. Um, and I'm, I know the listeners are definitely going to be, be pleased with the conversation. So yeah, thank you guys.